0: In this life, each one of us will be called upon to face challenges and adversity. And there'll be times when we feel like we're at a disadvantage. And so that was
1: definitely a turning point in my life because that was really, I would say my identity. And so for a period, it was, it was hard to imagine my reality in that position because again, I, so much of my really blood, sweat and tears was invested into the sport. And I took it extremely seriously.
0: Today's guest is Austin Franklin, and in this interview, he'll explain how, even when you're in the midst of challenges, you can find the advantage in the disadvantage. Welcome to Crummer Connections podcast series, I'm your host, JB Adams. In this series, I'm talking with members of the Crummer community and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best career and business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, innovative, responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. This season of Crummer Connections is focused on examining service as we meet with Rollins and Crummer alumni who are serving the Crummer community and the community at large. Today's guest is Austin Franklin, co-founder and CEO of Good Natured Life, a business that provides leadership, rhetoric, and etiquette development with the mission of spreading kindness, friendliness, and patience, and uplifting minds across the world. He is also the author of the books, Wake, Rise, and Smile, and The Difference Maker Leader. Our first segment is called Services Personal, and it lets us understand our guests' personal motivations for leading and serving. Austin Franklin, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for those kind and wonderful words of introduction, JB. Uh, First and foremost, definitely want to extend my appreciation to you, Victor Media
0: Group, and Loveland for having me on the show. I'm honored and excited to be here. Well, we're glad that you are here. We are going to start right out of the gate. And I'm going to acknowledge that among our guests this season, you are not part of the Rollins or Crummer board, which is totally fine. But the nature of this season is about service. And the nature of your company is about service to communities. So we always start by asking, what's your philosophy of service? And what does it mean to you to serve others?
1: Right. So my philosophy of service is really one's expression of gratitude for Being a citizen, I think serving your your municipality, your community, or any of those actions, no matter your status or your position, is one of the most humane actions we can do as people that really just forms in, in terms of giving back with those around us.
0: Okay. And where did your philosophy come from, this giving back attitude?
1: It really is originated from the framework of good nature life good nature means being kind, friendly, and patient. And that's really rooted in service, thinking beyond oneself, and also thinking about how you can be the best you for everyone else around you. So that's where where it was rooted originally. And just to reinforce those notions or beliefs, I read an awesome book called The Go-Giver, years back, fictional book that really the principles in terms of success, the principles in terms of really making the biggest business impact were all rooted in selfless giving acts to get to that level. So in conjunction with the good nature piece, as well as the book I read years ago, definitely helped frame that that blueprint.
0: Tell us the story of how you found the book. Was it
1: suggested to you or? Actually, it was suggested by a college friend of mine. It was maybe sophomore year so one of my friends was just mentioning a book. He never really mentioned any book. So that really was the first eye-opener for me. And he was just talking about how it's a quick read, very powerful fiction book. And I I think at that time, I had not really consumed much fiction work. And he was just saying how it was really good in terms of business. And so I actually purchased a book, I believe on one of my Christmas breaks or Thanksgiving breaks and decided to read it. And it was really eye-opening. And it's made a difference for you ever since. Most certainly. It definitely helped shape and mold the thoughts, the services that we have in Good Nature Life. So tell us more about the company, Good Natured Life. How do you serve communities? Right, so Good Nature Life is an educational company where we specialize in leadership, rhetoric, and etiquette programs designed for adults and youth. So we work with corporate executives, managers, and leaders within varying organizations, but also youth, meaning high school and college students. So those programs are rendered and facilitated among those demographics. And we also have keynotes incorporated into our capabilities as well. So if one is hosting a conference, a special event where they want a one-time informational and inspirational message, we have that as well. And uh, what is the role that you play specifically? Right, so I'm the CEO and co-founder of Good Nature Life and also the facilitator of the leadership work that we do. We also have two other certified professionals, one who's Our Rhetoric Specialist and President Deidre Franklin. And so, rhetoric deals with the art of persuasive speaking and writing, and so it's really awesome to have her in that space. And our etiquette specialist, Carla Thompson, comes from an educational background. She was an assistant principal for many years. And so, she brings that etiquette in terms of business etiquette, dining etiquette, social etiquette, and and all the nuances that etiquette comes into play on a day-to-day
0: basis to that space as well. All right, so for the sake of full disclosure, you are the co-founder, which means your other co-founder is? Deidre Franklin, who is my awesome mother. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there's the full disclosure. Uh, We'll come back to this uh, later in the interview, but I I will want to hear more about the inception of Good Natured Life. What I want to hear now is, uh, what would you say is a Good Natured Life success story? Tell us how you make a difference.
1: Right, so thankfully we've had many positive, I would say success stories with the clients we serve, and we often measure the work that we do to to, to obviously ensure that it's operating at a high level. But I would say one success story, we have a Good Nature Difference Maker program that we host annually for ambitious high school and college students. It's an application process, Um, there is tuition involved, and then once one successfully completes the week, it's a five-day, seminar, they gained the designation. And so one of the students who was one of the top performers in the Jacksonville, Florida area, very, very intelligent individual, she was off to Vanderbilt University, and she actually informed our organization that after she was exposed to the, the whole program, it really allowed her to be groomed and seasoned as she stepped foot on the, the campus of Vanderbilt University as she's a neuroscience major. So that was really, that was really warm to, to hear that Obviously, the, the 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 results of the impact
0: of the programming. So you're you are helping people prepare for the rest of their lives.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. So giving people really strategies they can
0: use personally and professionally to just enrich their lives. It sounds like very compelling work, and uh, I'm just curious from a personal point of view. Tell us what you love about it. I love just seeing
1: the impact and the, the, the value transfer so obviously information i see is a, is a huge and very powerful tool and being able to have information and knowledge and share that and just see someone become more effectual at what they do or in their personal lives for me that's what that really allows me to love it because if i didn't see the results from it it would not be something i necessarily love i, I love i really the, the results that, that come about from workshops from seminars from the transfer of knowledge
0: Sounds like you've got a great feedback loop going there to to keep it sustainable. Um, We're going to move on to our next topic, which is your backstory. And this gives us a chance to get to know you and understand your early business influences. I'm going to start with just some short answers. Tell us where you were born and raised. I was born in Fleming
1: Island, Florida, about 30 minutes from Jacksonville, Northeast Florida. Okay.
0: And what generation do you identify with? The Millennials. The Millennials. And tell us about your parents' occupations when you were growing up. Yes, yeah, so my father was a dentist, and my mother
1: was actually his office manager. So she was the VP and office manager of his dental
0: practice. And would you say that your parents were some early business role models for you? Definitely. I would say
1: my my father and my mother, their example really helped inspire my entrepreneurial spirit. And so seeing them after my father completed dental school shortly after he, he started, opened his own practice. And so seeing that example early on and seeing the, the grind, seeing the sacrifice and also the business
0: growth definitely inspired and shaped my perspective in terms of business. I want to invite you to make it real for us. What were some of the things that you observed from your parents, very specific things that made an impression on you? Well, my parents, you know, they
1: really poured into me um, in terms of conversation, in terms of of, of knowledge and wisdom and and really trying to coach me throughout life on a day to day basis and, and really ultimately make me the best version of myself or help me be the best version of myself. But definitely some things that made an impression upon me. My parents were big into speaking positivity to me, meaning. Almost self-affirmation. So they would often tell me, "Austin, you were born to do great things." And they told me that so much, so it became a part of my mental framework. Like I started to believe I was born to do great things. So at an early age, I started telling myself, really around high school, because they just told me that so much, so it became a part of who I was. And I think I really attribute that to a lot of the accomplishments and and overcoming that I've allowed to transpire in my life by just having that framework and. They've taught me almost indirectly how we can really, through words, through our thoughts, really shape, really help shape our reality by what we think.
0: And in in addition to this, I think you mentioned previously, um, your father set an example for serving the community, right? Yes. So
1: my my father, you know, he was a, a dentist and he really he worked in two spaces. So he one worked for the state. During the
0: day and then in the evening he worked for his own private practice. When he was working for the state, does that mean he was providing dental care to folks who really needed it? Is that what that means? Yes. Yeah, so the daytime job revolved around actually with inmates. That's very powerful to me um as a way of giving back because there's so many people who find their way into prison because of the circumstances that they were born into and we need to help them find a way out no i I
1: totally agree and that's definitely something i want to do moving forward as well to be able to help out in those spaces because it's really needed and it's kind of hard to really i would say have that degree of understanding unless one is in it i was in a organization I believe it was leadership Jacksonville, mm-hmm. basically a group of young professionals. and this was in 2018, 2019. and one of the one of the days or one of the sessions we actually visited a, a local jail or, or local uh, penitentiary and just literally walked the hallways, heard some of the stories and it really when you when you're exposed, it really forces you, I believe in your heart to make you want to do something to help them in that, in that space. Cause as you mentioned, obviously some people, it was kind of beyond their control. Sometimes the situation they're born into, and sometimes obviously people are making bad decisions, but ultimately, um, people can still become better in spite of that. And there's still opportunities to really help them as they navigate their, their sentences.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, that really resonates with me. So your dad made sacrifices for the sake of his career and, and your family. Um, And I also want to acknowledge uh, your dad is no longer with us. So I'm very sorry to hear that. But again, in in terms of the kind of impressions that he made on you, tell us more about that attitude that he had.
1: Right. If I had to describe my father really and, and give him like a headline, it was, it's not about me. It's always about others. It's always about, you know, it's bigger than just myself. So that was a, a slogan he would say frequently, it's not about me, it's not about me. So obviously in his particular case, it was about his wife, it was about his his son, it was about his brothers, his siblings, you know, beyond him. So that's what really pushed him to make the sacrifices many may not be willing to make to position others around him in the, in the best way possible. So whether that means waking up, you know, when most of the world is asleep, working till most of the world is in bed, like he would do the things that most would not be willing to do because he took it off of himself and really going back to the central theme of this show, looking at the service and looking at those around him to to,
0: to ultimately impact, to push him to that highest level. And your dad's legacy lives on. How do you see his legacy living on in the present and into the future? Yeah, that's a great question. I see
1: his legacy living on through me obviously that's that's where it starts and, and through how i approach each day how, how i live my life and obviously living it in a way that honors him and then obviously through my, my lineage once i have kids it's, it still will be passed on those stories of who he was and those particular memories in my first book i actually wrote a chapter in wake rise and smile about my father and so that book can still be passed down to to gain more insight, clarity in terms of who he was for my kids and for their kids' kids, et cetera.
0: Excellent, you and I could talk about families and genealogy all day long, but uh, we're we're gonna go into our break now. Uh, Our guest is Austin Franklin, and we'll be back in a moment to learn more about his professional journey, so please stay with us. As a member of the Crummer community, you know that it's the people you meet at Crummer who make the greatest difference in your career. So I want to tell you about Rollins Connect. It's a networking platform that will help you stay connected to over 40,000 Rollins alumni worldwide. And it's available right now. Please go to rollinsconnect.rollins.edu, check it out. And if you need someone to connect to, connect to me, JB Adams. That's Rollins Connect, your connection to the Crummer community. Welcome back to Crummer Connections. I'm JB Adams and our guest is Austin Franklin. Co-founder and CEO of good natured life and author of the books wake rise and smile and the difference maker leader. Austin before the break we were chatting about your early business influences, including your parents, and now we want to learn more about your professional journey, so this actually goes back a little bit into your backstory Uh, tell us about those early career aspirations that you had.
1: Right so really, I would say collegiate aspirations and maybe career, but basketball was definitely a focal point in my life. Academically, I I was always serious about that, but outside of that, it was basketball. And I played since really a young age in my maybe four or five is when I started. And so obviously by playing for such a long time, my my ultimate goal was to play collegiately at the highest level. Highest level in sports is D1, and so for me, I didn't have any opportunities at the D1 level, only really D3. And so long story short, from the opportunities I had, I just assumed, especially because I was recruited at some of those particular places that although I missed the recruiting cycle or period, that I still would have the opportunity to play at a school that recruited me. And actually, when I, when I got there, they filled my spot, I tried out, and didn't make the team. And so that was definitely a turning point in my life because that was really... I would say my identity through, through almost middle school, high school, people knew that I played basketball and it's like someone being stripped of playing a musical instrument, someone being stripped of their acting, um, skills or, or, or acting career. And so that was kind of me. It was stripped of what
0: I I looked at as my identity. And so definitely, a a, we're going to, I want to dig a little deeper on that. Okay. Okay. So you played through high school. Tell me what you loved about basketball. What's to love about it?
1: I think it's just something almost magical about doing a crossover on someone and someone being sliding to the left side to the right, being able to knock down a jumper from the three, or 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 or, or do a, a sweet layup. I just think just just the 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 sport of the art of the game is so intriguing. And then obviously you're 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 able to play on both ends, so you're not only able to be offensive, but you're also to be able to be defensive. And so Um, I think it's cool being able to have almost an impact and pulse on the entire game. Although you have four other teammates, if you're, if you're good enough, you can really impact the whole nature or the, or the flow of the game. Okay. So is it, is it the competition? Is it the winning? Is it the teamwork? A combination, but definitely I would say the
0: competition, the competition is one of the main items. All right. So this is a major part of your identity you're being recruited and you did not play in college. So for me, that helps, helps me understand asking the question, who am I now? So what was going through your head at that moment? And, and actually take us to that moment when you genuinely had to ask that question.
1: Yeah, for a period it was it was hard to imagine my reality in that position. Because again, from having trainers, um, so much of my really blood, sweat and tears was invested into the sport and I took it extremely seriously. So it was just taking time to absorb it. But when I got to the point of your question was basically who am I now? And and, and that nature really was a phone call from my mother where she kind of encouraged me to look beyond or, or to explore my other interests. What, what other interests does Austin have beyond basketball? What, what other things draw to me? And so I started being more involved on campus, joined um, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, I actually ended up being the president of the organization for a period as well. And then I started noticing I have a knack and in interest for business. So it just really forced me to explore and actually enrolled voluntarily. It wasn't a assigned course my junior year in college an entrepreneurial thinking course where we had the opportunity to come up with a conceptual business framework idea, develop a business plan and think about things from a, a conceptual lens with a potential venture. And so after the course was over, I really liked the idea, I framed it around good nature, being good nature, calling it good nature life because I believe hidden credentials or one of my hidden credentials is really what I like to call being good nature and I define hidden credentials as the qualities that we innately possess and develop to bridge, the gap between our weaknesses and our strengths. And I just saw the benefit it had upon my day-to-day activities, how if we all acted in that way from a business landscape, personal landscape, how much greater the society would be, just call it a good nature life. And so after the course was over, collaborated with my mother who has tremendous business expertise and insights, and
0: ultimately named her
1: the co-founder of birthed Good Nature
0: Life. Uh, What I am curious about is in, you know, finding your way to creating and co-founding Good Natured Life, you saw a need or somebody saw a need that was not being fulfilled. Tell us about some of those moments where you said like, this could be, I mean, you, you could have gone in a thousand different directions. You chose this direction because there was a perceived need. Is, is that personal to you? Yes, yes, definitely. So I, the, the perceived
1: need was really started by seeing how sometimes companies or firms with their customer service, how, you know, you have some people who, who, who demonstrate excellent service, but then it's oftentimes where you have someone who's not that patient. You have someone who gets irritated when you're placing the order. You have people who are not as pleasant with their nature per se. And so for me, I know obviously anybody who works at any company that you're, you're a marketing piece for them, how someone interacts with that individual is how they look at typically, sometimes the whole firm, the whole organization, that could be one bad person or one bad apple, but it can really have a, a devastating effect to the bottom line, to the, the, the value of an organization, especially if it's done repetitively. So that was kind of the initial framework or thought for me and I, and I understood Especially in an entrepreneurial way, you have to understand what the need or the problem is, but also you have to do something that's authentically you and, and that's that's representative of you. Because obviously, if not, you're not, I don't believe the value will really be there because you're operating from really being a, a fake person or fake someone else. So for me, good nature was something that was just natural again for me. And so I saw, again, just day-to-day interactions, day-to-day activities, how much it, it, it poured into my life in a positive way. And so by doing something that was innate or natural for me and seeing kind of those initial signs of of, of of how people might act in the business landscape, that's what ultimately started that initial
0: process of Good Nature Life. And so just to summarize, you are helping change people's attitudes, yes? Yes. And you're providing them with some skills. Yes, leadership, etiquette, and rhetoric skills. Yeah, Okay. And that's bringing that all of that together is what's making the difference. And that leads me to my next question. Do you remember the first time that you did it and you stood up there in front of the people?
1: Right. Yeah. I remember it almost like it was yesterday. Um, Basically it was a group of like three to 400 students. This was my first paid engagement. I remember in that moment, you know, that's a lot of people. And prior to that, to give some context, I'd only deliver presentations within classrooms of 20 to 30 with just, you know, my my regular presentations at high school or in college just for homework assignments. And so that was my first out of, you know, classroom talk. And so it was three to 400 students. And I remember it was kind of odd because I wasn't like nervous. I had nerves, but it didn't consume me. I was more so excited because I felt like, man, I have the opportunity to positively impact three, 400 people today. Yeah. And so I think really in that moment, that was kind of my signal that that showed, okay, this is something I should be doing and I'm in the, in the
0: right direction. And so what what I really want to know is what you just described might be this moment, but I'm always curious about when is the moment where you realize, yes, this is it. This is where I belong. Was that it or did it come later?
1: Well, I think the moment where this was it was maybe a few years later when I started hearing the results and the impact from the messages. I think that's when I realized, yes, this is it. You know, again, from stories of people reaching out via social media through going up to in-person conversations and just saying, you know, it wasn't surface level comments, like this was an awesome talk, but like, this really meant something to my life. Like I'm better as a result of it. And those kind of deep personal and emotional conversations, that's when I realized, yes, this is it.
0: That is a moment that I think each one of us should strive for in our careers. So thank you for sharing that. All right, we're going to move on to the last segment of our show, which is called Your Best Business Advice. So Austin, what would you say is some of the best advice you can give for people in their business or in their career? I credit this to really...
1: Uh, a philosophy or or a skill set that was built throughout my matriculation at Crummer of being able to identify problems. I think a lot of times people in in businesses, corporations, we, we might spend time focusing on the symptoms and the symptoms look sometimes like the problem, but they're really not. So my really biggest advice, if I just had to say one thing was, is really figure out what is the problem that you're really serving what is that problem? And then how can you solve that problem
0: better than anyone else? So my reaction to what you just said is, how how would you say that that's particularly applicable in the world that we live in today and what we've just gone through in the past you know, year and a half to two years?
1: Right. So obviously the pandemic has affected everyone in some shape, form, or another in terms of some people have contracted the virus, some people have passed as a result of the virus. Some people have had to get relocated in terms of their jobs. Some people have lost their jobs. Like a lot of negative things have happened, but something that I, I encourage leaders to become is difference maker leaders. And I think no matter the change, the challenge, difference maker leaders are able to find the advantage and the disadvantage, no, no matter the circumstance. And so I know Good Nature Life being transparent, when the pandemic first hit, we didn't have business. Prior to the pandemic, we were mostly operating throughout the state in person, in-person services, but the Good Nature Life team, we decided to really figure out how could we pivot in this situation. And so we started moving to virtual and we started marketing not only our services virtually throughout Florida, but throughout the country. Fast forward a year and a half later, we now have clients of 15 different states throughout the country. So like during one of the most trying and difficult times in American history, went from statewide to nationwide, but I believe it's rooted in finding the advantage and the disadvantage. So I think that's something that we have to just do as individuals and as people. On a personal side, as we mentioned earlier, my father passed in 2018, and that was definitely the most challenging period of my life. A few months later, my godbrother passed. Another five months later, my grandmother passed. Mm -hmm. And so for me, obviously, deep, dark time. But and although it still hurts today, what is the, the advantage in that situation? The advantage for me is I, I became more grateful. Like the interactions I have with friends and family, the loved ones, I'm more appreciative. Like I'm not hanging out with, with my family or loved ones and just scrolling on social media, looking at my phone like I'm actually present in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I have much more gratitude filled in my heart. Although it hurts, that was something that really as a result of finding the advantage made me better as I continue to go along this journey.
0: Excellent advice for any one of us as professionals and just really as human beings on planet Earth. So thank you for sharing that. Austin Franklin, thank you for joining us on Crummer Connections and sharing your story. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, innovative, responsible business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to Kramer.Rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Crummer Connections podcast series is a production of Victor Media Group. If you like this show, follow us on your favorite social media platform. Today's show was created and hosted by J.B. Adams and executive produced by Gerard Mitchell. Our showrunner is Kyle Sawyer with production assistance by Rachel O'Brien and audio design by Aaron Trinka. Our gratitude goes out to Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. Until next time, Fiat Lux.